Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to the next episode of the Radio Data Podcast. Uh, today, our expert guest is Jacob Janicki. Uh, Jacob currently lives in Frankfurt in Germany, and he works at Commerzbank. And he's responsible for various data and analytics uh, projects. Uh, let's start with the introduction. Uh, could you please tell us more about who you are, what is your background, and what you currently do at Commerzbank? Hello, everyone. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, hi, Adam. So um, my name is Jacob. Uh, I work in a financial industry uh, in banking more than 10 years already. Uh, I started my career in uh, Poland in the biggest banking startup of its times in other bank, uh, exactly in the year of the financial crisis. So it was pretty interesting start. Um, uh, then I moved to uh, Mbank. Back then, it has it it uh, had a different name, actually three different names, and uh, finally they all merged into Mbank. Um, and uh, from Mbank, I moved to Project Copernicus, which was the joint venture between Mbank and the parent company Commerzbank to create the first mobile-only European uh, bank. Um, and after the project was um, Shut down. Uh, I moved to the parent company itself, so I joined Commerce Bank in 2019, and uh, since then I've been working in Commerce Bank in big data and advanced analytics um, area. It's an area uh, that employs over uh, 400 people in multiple geographical uh, location, uh, and uh, we are uh, like. It's, it's very, let's say, hard to describe uh, all we do there because it's a very broad responsibility and very broad range of topics. But uh, I work in sales analytics uh, team, so we are focusing in generating uh, value out of the data. Uh, it can be monetary value, but not necessarily. Uh, we are focusing on bringing value to, to the bank and to the customers, and when the customers are happy, we also will be happy sooner, sooner or, or later. So I think that this describes, uh, this answers your question pretty well. I hope so, Luis. Yes, yes. So uh, you have been already working at a few different banks. So could you tell us more about how, in general, uh, banks are using data and analytics in their daily business and how the end consumers benefit from that yeah so the three banks are very very different our bank and m bank there are banks uh both located in poland and the uh, local regulatory landscape uh influence influences uh, the data space greatly so it's being harmonized within the eu but but it still matters a lot and Commerce Bank is it's a German bank under German law, uh, and this also has an impact. Yeah, so uh, I would say that the one big part of the data landscape in the banking in general it's it's uh, is the is the regulatory factor, um, and this is very important. So uh, we are highly regulated, which is good, um, and uh, because also it means that. Uh, we are 
um, trusted uh, and predictable. So, so this is important when we talk about banks. Yeah, it's about trust. Um, the second thing that I could mention is that the banks are veterans when we talk about data. So, the bank is making uh, money on risk taking. Yeah. So, whenever you borrow someone uh, your money as a bank. Uh, you accept certain risk that the person might not uh, repay it. So you have to be very clever, like um, whom you are borrowing, uh, who, sorry, whom you are lending. And, uh, and uh, for that, the banks are using models, machine learning for, I don't want to say ages, but for a very long time, yeah, before it was popular. And uh, so... Originally, this like uh, focus was concentrated within the risk areas, um, and also highly regulated. So before the AI and data regulation was popular, the banks uh, had been already highly regulated, especially the risk models. There still are. Um, so uh, and and uh, since then, the, the let's say span of use cases uh, and then more and more areas. Um, were included into this like data uh, um, like gain importance when we talk about data usage and, and use cases. So it's not risk anymore, but it's like almost every activity of a bank, but also every major uh, and big um, um, uh, entity uh, is around data, yeah. So it's it's hard to avoid it. Um, so um, I think the third thing that I can uh, say about banking and data is that um, to just maybe for some uh, listeners, it might be super obvious, but for some others not, is that um, it's important what kind of data you have. And this greatly influences what you're doing or what you can possibly do. So, um, um, the banks are uh, quite unique because um, in comparison to many other companies, we uh, are handling with uh, payments to the great, very great extent. So this is like a, the, the bloodstream of every financial institution. And um, there's a lot of data generated uh, from payments. And this is very, let's say, complex uh, matter. Um, uh, and uh, like using this data uh, for legitimate interest or to like to to finalize some deal or to to meet some contractual obligations or to generate value for the customer or to um, use it for marketing purpose when customer wants us, wants us to do this is like uh, this consumes a big amount of the of every bank's uh, attention. Uh, so everything that comes with the payment. Uh, and uh, last but not least, the payment uh, data are, uh, uh, let's say, very unique. Uh, they are like a mix of text, uh, time series, um, uh, numerical um, uh, me message, like a little bit like chat um, type of data that can be analyzed in so many ways and 
still maybe not fully, I would say, um, utilized. A um, uh, little bit like social network, social graph, um, a lot of uh, different feature about the transaction payment data uh, that makes it very interesting, but also like challenging. Um, and this is, but but this is super, like say interesting, um, super satisfying to work on. Um, and there are other data that I would say are not so unique. Uh, and this data is about uh, like click stream. So we have the online presence, mobile presence. So uh, the, the customer behavior, I would say that the banks um, are heavily utilizing this to make their app better or when customer agrees for that to, to help him in his daily uh, activities. Uh, to propose him some next steps or some offers when the bank um, has something relevant and, and sees that there is like the opportunity the customer really needs something. So everything uh, of what you can observe from customer online behavior. And uh, also like uh, the data from the interaction uh, with human channels, human driven channels. So meetings uh, at the branches, um submitting notes or uh voice calls when you talk with uh, advisors over the phone um every time the customer is like uh, okay with uh, us having this data and of course um i mean us banks in general so this can also be used to make the uh, customer service better at some point um evaluate our customer service level and many other uh, use cases. So also a very rich uh, data source. And um, as I said uh, in the point, to, I would say uh, too, uh, all the data connected with risk. This is also a little bit, I would say, it might be distinctive to some financial industry, whatever you're taking risk. So you, you need to collect some risk data that are helping you to make the educated good decisions. So this is the risk data also. It's important, but this is like, um, and maybe the, the, the four point to this is that uh, uh, we are really, as a bank and in the banking industry, everyone has to be super, let's say, cautious. And we put a lot of attention to, to use the data for the right purpose. So, for example, the risk data are only used for the risk purposes. And this is very important. And uh, uh, the highest standards are maintained. And um, and uh, so we are um, the the bank is every bank is uh, putting a lot of attention to to use the data only when it's uh, really relevant to 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 collect the uh, necessary opt-ins from the customer um, to to process uh, the data and uh, every use case should have a separate opt-in so it should be very transparent and the data if are not used should not be collected um, and you should not collect the data let's say for the future that might you might do something with them um it, it's the best it's when you like have a clear let's say use case like collecting this data and because of this this is available, or you as a customer, you, you you could use this product, or you could have this feature, or this will be better. And uh, this is like then clear understanding of it, uh, like clear, can be clearly understood by customer whether it, it's a good uh, idea to to opt in or not. So, 
we're putting a lot of transparency, uh, a lot of effort on being transparent here to to meet uh, the highest standards um, um, that the customers, uh, when the customers are trusting us with their money, that uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm super sure that the customers in the, they can all also trust banks with their data. Yeah, and then we definitely are super keen in staying in this position and like uh, to, to, to keep the, the highest standard that the, the customer trusts us with their money and with their data. Um, so it might sound a little bit general, but I wanted to like lay this a little bit, this broader context of uh, what does it mean to um, the, the data and the, and the banks. So maybe the last thing I will uh, I, I would say is um, I remember that the, back then when I was working still in Poland, uh, in, um, uh, I, I learned that the banking industry is employing the highest number of engineers. Yeah, back then mm-hmm. uh, in the whole economy, like if you compare different, like say industries, the the banking, the financial sector was firing the the highest numbers, the biggest share of all engineers, and uh, this is also mind-blowing for many people that might have this impression of the banks as a something like for that you have a branch and you have uh, a, an army of accountants yeah and this is what banking is but banking is not about this at all banks are about technology banks are about data and uh, this like really new more economy and this is where the banks are in. So whenever you make a purchase, uh, when you're buying something online or you pay for your gas in different country or whatever, the financial uh, institutions are in somewhere in the middle always, yeah? So like three CD for your like lifestyle, say, and, um, uh, and that you can do everything over the phone with your mobile app and fast, you're not afraid to send hundreds of thousands of euros via mobile app to your contractor. This is sounds forever natural now, but I remember when it was totally not. And uh, so banks and that uh, their technology, they're like, um, comp- uh, they, they're very competent in, in technology and, uh, and they're trustworthy. And this is like why it's the banking, online banking, mobile banking, and uh, sometimes not even noticing the bank in the middle. It's like electricity. You know that uh, the moment, yes, then okay, like what the heck? Yeah. Uh, I don't have electricity, so you don't notice it when it works. It's just natural for you. Uh, but like uh, there are a lot of people, a lot of competent people behind to to make it running. So um, I will make a stop here mm-hmm. because I already talked a lot and, and let's let's make a stop here. Yeah, I have a number of uh, follow-up questions because it was uh, very good, uh, very detailed, and also very interesting explanation of uh, business use cases uh, where you could use data and analytics in banking industry. You mentioned that banks have a lot of data about um, consumers, about payments, about their products. Uh, plus, there are different use cases like uh, giving someone a credit or doing some marketing activities or even uh, protecting from uh, cyber uh, threats. So if you, um, if you could classify different use cases at banking industry, 
which of them would be the most important for each bank and which of them could be like the most promising uh, in the future. So would you be able to provide a few examples of the, um, of the use cases for each of those two categories? I would say it's a very hard question that you ask. So if you ask a colleague, what is uh, risk is most important. Yeah. So I think it's, it's like about taking risk um, as a smart risk. So like borrowing, investing, et cetera. Um, if you ask KYC people, they say like, yeah, compliance, um, uh, uh, KYC processes, um, finding with financial crime, this is the most important, yeah? If you talk to um, people from marketing, yeah, so they will say, yeah, yeah that uh, the sales is most important and being uh, always relevant to the customer, um, contacting him with like, with only when it makes totally sense and it's expected from customer to really like be an educated advisor, not to spam customer, this is the most important. Um, when you talk to the mobile app colleagues, they will say that yeah, the, the, the channels are the most important. Yeah, And uh, the same you will hear from the branch colleagues or the call center colleagues, the, 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 the channel or their channel is the most important and to collect the data there and use it for increasing, like improving the experience. Um, this is the most important. So I would say that uh, it's probably um, never, it, it's not solvable and it's impossible to tell what is the most important, yeah, area. Um, I, if you ask me what is the, the, the most, let's say growing right now, yeah? So um, it, it doesn't uh, differ much from what you observe in the market. So. Uh, you, you can see that for a couple of years, the mobile is becoming a dominant, um, uh, let's say, channel for many things. Yeah, and uh, and we also observe a growing importance of this channel for our customers. And we all, of course, when we see this, when the lifestyle of the customers um, uh, in every bank. So I'm talking us as a banking industry because I have experience over like a few banks. So. Um, when we see that our customers are following uh, some path or something is important for them and they want to be served in in particular way, we have to follow. Yeah, we have to like meet their expectations. Uh, so um, everything what makes the mobile experience better. Yeah, so um, um, like uh, maybe I would I would just stop here on this like high level. This is important and. Uh, the second thing, which I would say, and this is like evergreen topic, is to be relevant with the marketing uh, to your customers. So all the big techs, maybe not all, but but many of the big techs are uh, like their business model is based on marketing. Yeah, in in um, in banking, we are also like it's also important for us to um, to to we, we are we are selling our products, uh, but it's not like the the sales that. That you can see in in uh, in the big platforms, yeah. So you have some platforms, some uh, offers, and some audience, and uh, you can just like book and sell them whatever, yeah. So here it's it's totally different. Uh, first of all, um, you don't want to sell everything to everyone. Uh, for example, you will not sell credit to someone that doesn't need it or is not fitted to have it, yeah. So mm -hmm. it's not 
cannot, for example, could there's a chance that he will not repay it. So it, it will be not a good idea. Yeah. Um, and uh, also you cannot, you don't want to sell products, for example, like investment products to someone who is not like uh, professional enough or knowledgeable enough to, to consume certain products. So there's a lot of, um, let's say, layers of this that you want to stay relevant. So sell the right product, the right people when it comes to like their uh, readiness, uh, their situation. And then there's another layer. So even uh, if you can buy a credit, uh, whether you really need it or not, um, this is also important to uh, to 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 spot um, to understand the customer situation so well that you contact him uh, in the moment when he really is in the in the market for particular product. Um, when I talk with my friends and 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 basically the online sentiment is that the the, the calls from the banks are. Especially, I remember this in Poland. It was a little bit on the on the edge of like, I would say, I would not call it spam calls, but it, they were cold calls. Yeah. So, hi, uh, Adam, do you want to have a credit? And you say no. Yeah. So, if you want, if if you run a hundred thousand of such a calls, you will you you will make some like successes at some point. But I would say you will piss off many customers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, and uh, this is also like something that. Uh, uh, that you don't want to be as a as, as a bank, and uh, I would say that like this uh, technology, this knowledge, this experience and expertise, how to talk to customer, how to interact with him, and how to be like a proactive advisor, uh, like concierge uh, and not cold caller. Uh, this is like a, a always evergreen topic for every bank. Um, I can give you like some easy um ex example for dummies sorry for that but um i think that it, it might prove the point so imagine that um you are in you told me that you've been to you, you traveled once to sicily and uh so imagine that you wanna uh you wanna uh, uh, book your car there at the airport and uh you, you know you can do it only with a credit card you cannot do it with your debit card um and uh, oh, you forgot about it, and your card is uh, let's say you don't have enough limit to do it, yeah. And this is a problem. And you're uh, on this airport, like to this, like <laughs> um, I don't know, like car rental outlet, and uh, there's a queue behind you, and uh, your card was rejected, and you don't have any other card. Uh, your ten-month-old kid is like already tired. So what to do now? And And this moment, the bank calls you and say, hi, uh, Adam, uh, we are very sorry. Like, it, it, it might it be possible that you have some trouble because we see that your transaction was rejected at the airport. Um, it's uh, like, uh, it's it's late, so maybe you need some assistance. Um, if it's the case that uh, you need to rent a car and your limit is too small, um, we can just increase it, yeah? Mm -hmm. And... Uh, and you say, yeah, please do it. Yeah. So it's exactly what I need. Of course, one might say that uh, well, you, you can do it sometimes yourself via a mobile app, and this would be great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so, but sometimes there is stress, there is tiredness, and uh, sometimes people lack knowledge. Um, and this is, of course, just an example. But the mm -hmm. example is that 
what happened in the end, you, you just increase your credit limit um, on your credit card, which is uh, good for the bank uh, when we talk about uh, potential profits. Yeah. Uh, but it also didn't feel like a sales. It, it felt for you like a really competent one-time advisory. So everyone is actually happy. And this is like the place you would like to be as every institution and uh, banks especially would like to be in this place. Okay, um, so um, the, the other growing area is like banks uh, are making a lot of contracts, small and bigger with a lot of different types of uh, customers and for many different reasons. And everything what you could call doc AI, so documentation AI, uh, to be able to process the documents. Um, this is very, let's say, hot topic. And uh, of course, it would be better in, in the first place not to generate sometimes paper or sometimes some other forms of documents. And of course, uh, but sometimes um, even in the, like, if you have this digitalized to like to be able to, to to process it, to manage this, to like uh, manage this lifetime cycle of it. This is like the, the doc, doc AI is something uh, uh, hot. Um, last but not least, I would say that the, the human experience that you can have in almost every bank is still very valued by customer, uh, by, by, by our customers. So every technology that supports uh, our wonderful work, uh, let's say our other four uh, wonderful colleagues that are on the first line with the customer. This is also uh, evergreen topic to create a tools that help to serve and advise the customer better, faster, more competent. This is like always super, super important, especially when, you know, the most in most of the cases, if you read it, the, the banks are like uh, scaling down the the network branch, uh, they are moving to digital more, and um, but still, this like there is a need for for to talk to the to the person, um, even if sometimes it's not like physically, but but uh, over the the chat or video chat or whatever. Mm -hmm. So everything um, everything that helps this interaction that that improves and upgrades it's all also like super hot. Mm -hmm. um, did I? forgot about uh, something, I think, yes, I think I, I forgot about a lot of stuff. Uh, but yeah, let's, let's make a, let's make a stop here. Mm -hmm. And, and let's, let's move to, to your question. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, because the, the example that you provided about the, the problem at the airport, uh, brings me the idea that uh, maybe in the future, banks will offer you a personal assistant. I don't, uh, something like a chatbot, because right now we have chat uh, GPT that can help you to answer many questions. So imagine that you can also open your bank app and use the voice bot and tell that you have the problem at the airport. What can we do? And uh, he's responding with possible options because, of course, some options you, you, you know that you could do. For instance, you can increase the limits, but maybe there are some alternative uh, ideas 
and such a such as personalized assistant in form of voice bot or chatbot could do that automatically for you based on your historical profile or the location or the information that you provided so this could be uh, helpful in those uh, at least emergency cases yeah you touch my thoughts with this like uh observation uh i um i could talk a lot about it um so I will, I will maybe start with my personal uh, experience. Uh, last week, uh, my my like uh, my friend and my wife friend and uh, her colleague also, uh, and my gym buddy. So it's like uh, he has a lot of labels. Uh, paid us a visit, and uh, he wanted to ask me for some assistance to set up. Let's say. Um, uh a, a savings plan yeah some things that could help him to like um uh, to save and invest yeah um and uh he is like highly skilled educated person he is like uh, uh he works in architecture uh he works with um with, uh, like with the, uh, um i would say advanced tools there uh, so very skilled people, and still, what struck me is um, for many people the 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 financial knowledge, the financial let's say literacy is still like uh, very far away, and uh, this is something that I I I found very disturbing that might be education, might be lack of education in a school or whatever uh, that we know how the sell of some animal is built but we don't know like how to mm -hmm. how to how to invest our money yeah mm -hmm. so um and uh i believe that if you have like a competent um assistant that can like work with your data and understand your um situation uh like me that you trust yeah but it can be done at scale so it will be super costly to have like human assistant for everyone, every time, but you can do it like uh, on scale with, uh, with some algorithm, yeah? Uh, with, with some like uh, fuel with this, with some kind of um, uh, AI. The, this could improve the life quality, the well-being of many people greatly in the long term. Um, so the, such an AI should first of all um, uh, tell you how much money you can actually invest every month? This is a very hard question. So I had to do this exercise with my wife. She's also an architect. I had to do this exercise with this colleague. So to understand what is your available fund every month and then like what portion of this available money invest, not say, but invest, yeah? So this is a, a, a question that's, um, I'm not sure if robot advisory solved this in the in the in the right way. Yeah, but banks banks are potentially in a very good position to do it. Yeah, so they really know you, and they could help you if you want. So uh, they can understand the process when you take credit. You 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 allow the bank to evaluate your incomes, your your spendings, 
and to to evaluate your credit worthiness, whether you could like uh, take such so, so, like this mortgage or this non mortgage loan. Uh, so in the same case, you can ask bank to evaluate like how much you could invest, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and this could happen in no time, like 0.2 seconds, yeah. And you know, done. Uh, ve- not in based on declarative things. You don't have to like calculate. Okay, how much I spent for groceries? How much I spent for calls? How much is like seconds? Yeah, the bank could like help you with it. And this is a uh, what, what biggest obstacle for like eighty percent of young people. <laughs> like the first uh, roadblock and showstopper and something that like stops them. They always postpone it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So. They stop on this and never like it's like you want to go to gym and okay first of all I have to learn how to train and this never happens yeah and and you postpone 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 and then two years happens and you could already uh, invest a lot of money and benefit like you know the success of Tesla whatever so so this bank could help you and then uh, after this and one like how much with with some robot advisory um, style uh, help like uh, that could help you find something that is like well diversified, not only in Poland, not only in Germany, not only BMW, because I drive BMW and I love it. So I would buy with all my money BMW stocks. Yeah, (laughs) it's a very bad idea. Even even though you like BMW a lot and it's a great company, you should probably think about some diversification. Um, So so to help you with all of this, um, to, to know who you are, what is your let's say experience what is your um mm, method questionnaire even like every data point could could like be used to to really um go through this process so in the end i spent half of the day and four beers with this friend yeah um and i think bank could do it like with open two seconds uh on scale yeah for millions of customers and they can do it every day every day yeah so, so I really, I really uh, believe that the future of banking is to have this like um, uh, I would not call it self-driven banking, but to um, to 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 be able to be like uh, a personal assistant, like a concierge, very well prepared, knowing that your contacts and and being available at any moment and being also proactive. So solving the problem that you said you mentioned. And whether it's over voice or whether it's over chat or whether this is like somehow else, uh, this is like the, the the next phase of it. Yeah. And and, if, and another question, all seems fine for me, but I really believe it that, uh, that there is still too much. Um, um, there's still a lot of space and a lot of opportunity for every company and banks, especially to like educate customers. Some products are complex and uh, and and use the data of the customer for his good when when he really needs it. So maybe yeah, I don't want to sound too philosophical, but this is also not very complex. You can just imagine, yeah. This is like mm-hmm. what I said. It's not like rocket science. Um, it can be definitely done, and I think that the I would expect that the the banks will go more uh, in this direction. But you know, uh, we um, yeah, so. Now it's better than ever, let's say, uh, moment for this when people really understood that um, the, the algorithms can really like be helpful in their daily life, uh, even with the great limitation that 
ChatGPT and and Call still still have. So you know you you can just like laugh or make fun of all the problems that that those tools have, uh, but they are still powerful, yeah, and they are still can be super helpful in daily life. So for example, when I study German, I can just paste the link there and ask to list all the um, vocabulary for my level, yeah, mm -hmm. and and this is such a safe. This is such a saving. Yeah, I save a lot of time on this, and there's a lot of a lot of cool use cases that are possible. So I'm not talking about using ChatGPT for your finance, but I want to say that there's um, that the really um, there can be a lot of help on the day. Um, banks and, and algorithms can help customers in their daily life greatly. It has to be some just like uh, I would say a little more. Yeah. So maybe this is another topic like. Um, um about like regulatory uh being conservative not being like always the face movers so you know banks are we we are about trust yeah so um so this is also like we have to be careful and reserved and uh to to before we implement some technology and how we implement this technology uh, and always you have to think about the customer in the first place so I still think that this is the future, like being the proactive advisor. Um, but we have to like reach this point, let's say step by step. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And I think that the you guys can do. Yeah. So I, I would say if ChatGPT was uh, launched by Microsoft, it would be a totally different story. Yeah. So the, the people are very forgiving for smaller players always. Yeah. And uh, the big players, there's a lot of like, uh, Entanglement, a lot of things that influence the the perception of use case. So I, I think that also what is possible for small players, so for some challengers, it's not always possible for for big players, and uh, and for every industry. So every industry has to like come up with their own version, yeah, of uh, of the tool uh, and have their own approach, um, because also the expectations of the of the of the people are different. Okay, Adam, again, sorry for like talking very long. So let me stop here. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's really interesting. This is why I don't interrupt you. But if we have still a few minutes left, I would like to ask uh, one more question. Uh, because based on what you said, I understand that banks are quite complex organizations with a lot of different departments, with a lot of different regulations. But still, they are very efficient at um, building IT solutions. Uh, for example, in Poland, uh, banks are evol evolving and um, improving their services uh, very quickly. They adding new functionalities to their mobile applications. They respond to regulations very fast. Uh, they provide online uh, support very efficiently. So this means that they are uh, very good at building IT solutions. And one, one reason why it happens that way is already mentioned by you, that they hire a lot of engineers to, uh, to develop the software. But, uh, but I'm sure that also they use uh, modern uh, technologies, especially, especially in the context of data and analytics. And can you also share your opinion and your knowledge about cutting edge technologies that are used by banks those days? 
So when we talk about uh, AI, so every every algorithm that that you can uh, imagine that is like cutting edge and is open source, yeah. So it the the people, the smart people in the bank are trying to understand it, um, try, trying like to uh, to think how it could uh, like benefit. Uh, the 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 business and the customer um, experiment with it a little bit. So probably there's nothing that happens on the on the market. Let's call it that way. Like the in the community that, uh, for example, the data scientists in in the major banks are not aware of. Yeah. So they are very like very up to date with the most modern algorithms. Um, uh, so. So, so this is like what I think. Yeah, that there, there's always they are like uh, they have the, the very fresh knowledge and the very good understanding of what is happening. Doesn't mean that everything will be used or implemented. Yeah. So, so as I said before, but definitely they are like up to date. And when you talk about uh, like a more traditional tech stack, yeah. So the. Uh, Probably the biggest, uh, let's say, um, the, the the major movement uh, is to the cloud. Yeah, so so cloud infrastructure, um, and this is like uh, now in focus uh, for many institutions. Uh, they are like build some building some already finished buildings. It depends on the country, um, some standards, uh, how to do it, and some strategies how to do it. So this, this, if we can observe the big movement to cloud when you, and when you browse the uh, the job offers on LinkedIn for banks, there's like this cloud engineers, as the the the, the educated skilled people in the cloud area. You can find a lot of this job posts. So, so it it can tell you something already, yeah, where where the banks are heading, and um, so this is a, a a task for for years to come, I would say, for many banks, uh, from this on-prem to to cloud, and also having this like uh, cloud strategy, yeah, because like you, you solve some problems, you create some other risks, like you know, um, what if the cloud provider, yeah. Um, or you don't want to cooperate with the cloud provider anymore, yeah? Mm -hmm. Like what to do in such a case? It's like uh, is it like the this, this cloud strategy is very interesting topic. So um, and also like this um, uh, the the regional resilience. So so I think that the recent recent developments in the world like Ukraine, a COVID. Like this, this delivery chain uh, uh, problems. You know everything what happens in Asia uh, around Taiwan, etc. This all experience um, taught the industry lesson about being like regionally resilient and independent. Yeah. Um, so if something bad happens in one region, like uh, can the other regions like um, operate still? Yeah. Um, or uh, can this region like even cut it off from the rest can still be operational, yeah? 
mm-hmm. um, like this this like resilience and being ro- more robust and uh, anti fragile, like this, Mr. Talib said. Uh, this is also like to, to cloud. So I would say this is those two topics uh, and, and technology are are extremely important uh, for banks. We are also as an industry, and uh, you you can tell it whenever you go to any conference, are up to date with all other technologies, um, even when they are still like on the very early phase. So we call it like metaverse. Um, this is like a nice example. So um, I think this week, even uh, our um, incubator uh, called Neosphere um, uh, hold an event uh, um, about uh, the metaverse. So there are a lot of smart people um, uh, in the banking industry that really are up to date with the technology. They really think how it could be beneficial for people. What could be the connection with the with the banking and financial industry? So um, I would say that also like the, the the good way to to really understand that the banks uh, try to be up to date is uh, to to Google to to check out uh, uh, the the venture funds many banks established and look at their portfolio yeah so sometimes when the, when the idea is pretty far from the core business it, it's better to to run it as like a through through the venture uh, capital or or incubate the idea so for that you create a, a special entities and um uh, I know, of course, you can. No, it's it's like public information. You can Google, like um, you can Google it. M Bank has such a uh, vehicle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Commerce Bank has such a vehicle, and we are one of just uh, some uh, examples of of many other uh, institutions on the market that are doing exactly this. So uh, to to stay um, up to date with the market, invest and and size the the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. This is also also my observation. So it's it's really interesting to see what uh, what will happen in the future. And this question is about uh, comparison between uh, Polish uh, banking sector and German banking sectors, because those are the two where you have been uh, working at. So could you could you compare like how? banks operate in in Germany and Poland uh, when it comes to processing data and implementing AI, machine learning algorithm? What are similarities? What are differences? Which uh, country is more advanced in, uh, at using uh, data and analytics? It's very hard to tell, I would say, um, and very hard to compare. Uh, one country could be better and one thing, the other country is better than on some other. I would say it's it's very hard to, to compare. In the end, both countries are in new and fall, fall under the same uh, EU regulations. Uh, so, so probably they will converge at some point. Um, what I can say, there are definitely differences between the markets, and they are, let's say, sometimes very objective. So it's not 
due to um it's not because of like how particular institution behave but it's more like structural so uh, the the polish uh, market is and and the society because this is a function of societies is relatively when you look at statistically younger but also uh poorer yeah so they are younger but also they they have less uh, money uh, much smaller savings the the much less um, uh, accumulated wealth and a lot of needs so like needs for flats um, that is why the the market in poland is i would say mostly driven by still credits yeah so borrowing you, you need money to buy a flat you need money to buy a car you need money to uh, furniture the flat it's it's um so when you're younger you're like more into borrowing uh than than when you're older and uh, and in, in here in germany the there's a lot of people uh that um accumulated uh wealth they they have money and uh, for them and in general for the market i would say the the saving slash investment part is equally or probably even more important yeah so it's not about borrowing uh, as much uh, it's all about like saving investment that is why i believe that uh, here the 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 in, investing part uh, the offer the the market is here i mean in germany it's it's much better developed yeah for for people who want to save and invest um both on the regulatory uh level but also like when you look on the offer but I, I, still i think this is a a function of where the society is currently and um and this will probably change so i would say the poland uh, for in Poland, the this investment part will be more and more important, uh, and it's also important for me that more and more Pol uh, people in Poland, uh, young people in Poland, so will um, will learn how to and start investing. Yeah, and I I, I believe this is important for 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 Poland uh, to to really do this. Um, uh, to so how to do it? This is another question, but 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 the important challenge and uh, will happen uh, probably when people will get wealthier, but uh, should be assisted yeah? and 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 also like uh, maybe channeled. So I would still I would say still there's like a lot of uh, potential for banks. Um, um, and also what what I would say that on the contrary I would say the payment. Uh, landscape is uh, is is better developed in in Poland than in Germany. So I I would say that the acceptance network of like say contactless uh, and the, the the options for online payment and how convenient they are, this is better developed uh, in Poland. Uh, maybe it's also for demographics, so big share of young customers. Um, uh, so so. In, this might be the reason, but uh, I think that observing uh, such solutions and companies like Bleak is very interesting. So standard that uh, was homegrown on the market, uh, gained traction in online ATMs, um, now also like uh, in physical point of sales. Um, still with some limitation because it can be only iOS. The sorry, only Android for iOS. You cannot access the the NFC part with anything else that is not Apple Pay. Yeah, so it's it's it needs a little bit uh, more effort, but probably 
Apple will accept Lycos at some point. Mm -hmm. So yeah, uh, and uh, this is interesting. I I would say that uh, this is more developed and. Uh, and uh, um, I would say that uh, that that um, I I would expect to see soon at some point that that on the German market uh, someone maybe maybe banks maybe maybe fintechs maybe some some mix will 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 start working on some something similar to Bleak to have like a ingrown payment system. Um, they have their own uh, card pay, uh, card network, so the Giro cards. This is like a, like like the thing that is is it's it's here. Uh, so you know this was possible. This is like uh, still very popular. So I would say the potential is there. There's a lot of people like uh, eighty. I would say now 40, 84 million uh, wealthy customers, consumers. So it's it's a very interesting market for for uh, new payments ideas, but also. Uh, I would say pretty conservative, uh, and so the, the, it has to be very good solution. Yeah, very good mm -hmm. solution. Um, maybe Bleak, maybe Bleak yeah. could be such a solution. They could may might enter the the market and try to do it, but mm -hmm. I, I also don't know. Maybe maybe not. Yeah. So uh, I heard that the Bleak is planning some international expansion uh, with 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 the partnership with Mastercard. Um, which is like uh, it has many pros and cons. Mm -hmm. um so let's see yeah so this is like yeah. the, the the interesting topic I, I i use bleak when i do something in poland and uh and i think it's super uh convenient so i i keep finger crossed uh, for their expansion so I, I in general the both markets can learn a lot of uh from each other i think that uh when poland looks at germany it can seize its own future yeah mm -hmm. and um and and better prepare for and uh, I I think that uh, also like Germany German market uh, banking market can can still like uh, get some inspiration from from Polish market. It's very hard to tell. I don't think it's it, there's such a thing like what is better, yeah, or what is more mm -hmm. advanced. It's it, such a category does not exist. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. So uh, sometimes it happens to my wife that when we are abroad, she would like to pay using Blick in. Italy or Spain, but uh, currently it's not possible. So it, it is. It is, uh, Adam. It is now when you have this contactless contactless bleak on your Android app, at least in Mbank, mm -hmm. you you can pay uh, like with a card. Okay. Okay. Wherever so... Mastercard is accepted, you can pay with bleak. Uh, my colleague from Mbank, um, uh, Braggett, bragged with it in Frankfurt uh, and paid with bleak. Uh, mm -hmm. And also, it was like for me <laughs> surprising, but uh, I, I got the proof, yeah, in front of my eyes. So, yeah, not actual anymore. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. So we we need to explore those options. Yeah, and this is this is really fantastic explanation, fantastic answer. And what I also noticed is that if one bank in Poland uh, implements a given uh, functionality or offer offers a given product to the market, then other banks are doing the same very quickly. So it, it looks that the, uh, the market is very, very competitive and uh, banks are looking uh, at themselves and they are analyzing what uh, other banks are doing. And if there's something that gets attraction and becomes popular, 
uh, at one bank this is also adopted by other banks in some way or another so this also uh, shows that the banks must be very um, very efficient and very fast in terms of time to market because otherwise they they might not stay competitive and uh, consumers will choose the banks that are offering them better products especially in poland as uh my former boss from mbank mr cesare stipukowski used to say and i think he still says there's nothing like you know like uh like patent uh in in banking yeah so everyone can copy everything and whenever it makes sense uh they can do it very fast um so yeah i couldn't uh couldn't agree more with some small exceptions uh, to be honest so whenever you create something that need some for example network effect yeah um so you, basically you can copy the facebook code but without the audience it it doesn't have the meaning yeah so so whenever you can create a product that needs this factor and you can get it then it's not so easy to copy yeah so there were a number of attempts like ing did this allele platform for you know for sme to sell the products like like allegro um this was this idea i don't think it flies yeah uh, as as it could as it was planned um uh in mbank uh i had the opportunity to like be one of the founding fathers of this m ocasia platform so this is also something that is not easy to be copied because you need this like uh network of uh of 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 brands of merchants and, and customers um so so but in i would say 90% of cases uh sooner or later usually very soon you would just be copied mm -hmm. yes i totally agree so being a pioneer gives you competitive advantage but you will need to leverage that and make sure that in long term uh you find different uh, advantages yeah that that is, that is like a crucial question like what is your advantage yeah mm -hmm. and yes. i think every bank should answer this question for itself mm -hmm. yes and this this concludes our podcast episode uh, jacob i would like to thank you very much for sharing your knowledge and your insights with us it was fantastic conversation and thank you very much for doing that thank you very much adam what a pleasure uh, thank you guys uh, thank you for listening bye bye